Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. Bibles real quickly to Psalm, actually, yes, yeah, Psalm 127, 127 verse 1 is what we're going to read this morning. Uh, did anybody watch any college football this weekend? Anybody? Yes, I, I watched college football. I couldn't be more happy, I'm sorry, Javarius, uh, to see the Gators lose. Praise God. It was a blessing. We got a Utah, see, this, this is true unity right here. We got a Gator fan and a Utah fan sitting on the same row without being mad with one another. Now, they have three chairs between them to keep from any arguing or anything like that, but that's, a, that, that's, that's unity and breakthrough right there. No, I watched some college football this, this weekend, and uh, man, it's one of my favorite seasons of the year is the college football season. I love pulling out. Uh, we made a pot of chili yesterday and just enjoyed, I enjoyed yelling at the TV some. I know tonight I'm going to, Pastor Chelsea said, you know what we should do, Micah? Tonight what we should do is we should invite a bunch of people over to the house to watch the game with us. And I looked at her and I said, do you want me to scare the church off? <laughs> okay, like I get serious about Florida State football, y'all. Y'all just don't even know. Uh, maybe, maybe Pastor Chelsea might share some social media clips of me tonight screaming and yelling. And you know what? I'm going to scream and yell if we win or lose because I just get really excited. See, see what I want you to—I'm uh, already ahead of myself. It's okay. Uh, I don't get excited for football but not excited for the things of the Lord. I have more of a heart for our house than I do, and I mean the church, than I do for the Florida State Seminoles, and that's saying a lot, Okay. Uh, and today I want to continue in this series and wrap up this series, Get Ready for Growth. Somebody say, Get Ready for Growth. And the subtitle for our message today is Having a Heart for the House. I believe it is important that all of us in this church body, if you call High Praise Crestview your home church, it is important that you have a heart for the house of God, amen, that you have a heart for this local church body. It is great that you call a church home, but do you really actually mean that it's your home? Do you really mean, and does your heart show forth that that really is your people? And that's why I brought up just a moment ago that I get excited about college football, but it does not compare to the heart that I have for the house of God. It does not compare to the heart that I have for this church. It does not compare for the heart that I have just for church in general. And that's the way it should be. You should never have, listen to me, you should never have a greater heart for other things than you do for the things of the Lord. Because what you're doing is you're, tra you're trading your citizenship at that moment. Oh, we don't talk about that this morning. We are saying that I find more of a place in home in the country I live in, in the world that I live in, than in the, than the kingdom that I have and I've already inherited. And I'm going to continue to inherit, inherit for all eternity. And so what we need to do is whenever the house of God is open, when there's a place that we can go to to worship, let me just encourage you, go to church. Amen. And you know what? I know this morning you may not be loud about that, and the reason you're not going to be loud is because I'm preaching to the choir. 
You're the ones that didn't stay home on this three-day weekend. <laughs> I'm preaching to the ones that said, no, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be with the church. And that, so every year, there's a certain message that I kind of like to hit on for a few moments, and I'm going to in just a few minutes. But I want to talk about what the heart of this house is. Because before you can have a heart for something, you've got to know what the heart of it is, right? So you've got to know what we're about, what we want to do here in the city, the way that we do things, the way that we live. But listen, let me just encourage you at the beginning of this message, and I know you're like, you're already five minutes into it. Well, it's still the beginning. In the this is a pastor intro okay we take a long time and let me encourage you in the beginning of this message to put expectation on what God wants to say to you don't don't come into church without expectation when you watch college football um how many of you actually really watch college football? Anybody in this room? Like, raise your hand if you really watch it. Okay, I like that. That's a good portion of you. How many of you, like, I care nothing about college football? <sighs> Prayers. People, I'm praying for you to get a heart for college football. Um, when you watch college football or any sport, you know, if there's any sport that you really, really like and you're really into and invested into, whenever your team or your person, maybe you're an Olympics person, and I don't think, is Michael Phelps still a thing? Like, the Summer Olympics come around and, Mike, and Michael Phelps, you know, some, a lot of U.S., we cheer for Michael Phelps because he's about to swim or whatever the sport is that you like to watch or uh, enjoy, whether it's tennis which, or golf, which if you watch golf, that's boring, but okay. Uh, this, is this is excited as we get in golf. Um, but there is an excitement or an expectation that you bring whenever you go to watch that sport or you go to enjoy that sport. I know last year we took our boys to their first ever Florida State college football game. And I, Levi, you got to understand, Levi loves football. Like, when I say... He loves football. I mean, there does not go a day without talking about football for a while. <laughs> and, and he loves it. And every time games come on, he gets very expectant for what's going to happen in the game. And he starts asking questions like, Dad, who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to lose? Hey, Dad. Well, obviously, whoever I think is going to win, the other team is going to lose. But, but who, who do you, what do you think the stats are going to be? How old? Do you think he's going to throw interceptions? Do you think, you know, do you think Jordan Travis is going to run for a touchdown in this game? And there's a lot of questions. How often, though, do we come to church without that? We don't come to church anymore going, hmm, I wonder what God can do this morning. I wonder, do you, when you're talking to your kids, I, I wonder if he can deliver you from the spirit of fear that, God's, that, that the enemy's had over your mind, kids. I wonder if, if God will deliver me this morning of this. I wonder, Lord, I know you will. I believe you can. We don't come with that expectation, but we all the time come with expectation for the most frivolous and ridiculous things. But when it comes to the things of the Lord, we come to be we come to be, um, to be honest with you, we come lazy, lackadaisical, and just ready to get what I came for and then leave. We come ready to stamp a religious card. No, not our church. Okay, y'all are good ones. But no, <laughs> we come often with, a, and, and listen, it, it's easy to get into this. So there's no condemnation. Please don't misunderstand my heart this morning. It's very easy to fall into this trap. And you want to know why it's a trap? Because it is set up by the enemy. 
The enemy wants you to get in such a religious routine that there's no change that happens in spontaneous spiritual moments. Because you get so wrapped up in three songs, sit down, listen to Pastor Micah yell at me for 30 minutes, probably closer to 45, and get really excited about things, shake a few hands, hug a few necks, head out the door, we'll do it all again next week. And we get into cycles. And you know what? You'll see this in your life just in general. How many of you are married in this room? Anybody ever been stuck in the marriage cycle, the mundane marriage cycle? You know what I'm talking about? Where it's wake up, little kiss maybe, and then we're going to go to work, we're going to come home, we're going to deal with the kids, we're going to eat, and, or we're going to go out to eat, or we're going to door dash, and then we're gonna just going to go straight to bed, and there's no longer this connection and intimacy that, 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 is, that was once there because we get into a mundane cycle. Listen, it takes intentionality to have a heart for the house. You have to be intentional about the things of the Lord. You have to be intentional about serving your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. You have to be intentional about, about cultivating unity in your heart. You have to be intentional about sacrificing for others. You have to be intentional about sowing. You have to be intentional about expectation. You have to be intentional about bringing your faith. So this morning, I encourage you to really have expectation of what God wants to say to you this morning. Amen. Are you in Psalm 127.1? It says this, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Now turn over to Psalm 92. Psalm 92 verses 13 through 14 we're going to read real quickly. And it says this, Psalm 92, just a few pages over. 92, 13 through 14. Those who are, what? Planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. You know another word for flourish, another descriptive word, if you were going to use this word, another word we could use for it is found on the screens, it's grow. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will grow in the courts of their God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will be fresh and flourishing or continuing to grow. One of the greatest ways that you can continue to grow into whom God is calling you and called you to be is find a house that you can plant it in. Find a house that you can plant your family in. Find a house that you can plant your marriage in. Find a church, a local church body, get planted and become a part of that local church. And the promise of this is that you will grow, but you won't just grow. You'll even continue to grow in old age and you'll be fresh even in your old age and you'll be continuing to grow. I don't know about you, but whenever I get older, I don't want to stop doing things for the Lord. I do not want to be somebody who is sitting on a shelf collecting dust and not growing and not flourishing and not being fertile. I want to be somebody that whenever I get older, I want to be able to minister into the generations to come. I want to forge relationships with people so that I can speak into their life. I want to speak into young families' lives that are in the, in the, in, in the trenches, if you will, of raising young children and having a young marriage. I want to be able to help uh, uh, speak into their lives so they can see growth. 
I don't want to just be some person that shows up to church and fulfills religious obligation or fulfills the, the get out of hell free card and just gets my stamp every week. This is not a country club. I've said it before. This You are not going to get royalty points for coming to church, okay? You're not going to, there's no sort of uh, enrollment uh, that is a royalty program for coming to church, okay? There's none of that. But what there is, is a promise from God that you will grow if you get planted, that's a promise from God in his word. Now, as far for this church, listen, I believe this. I believe God has built High Praise Crestview. We know that the Lord ordered this church by the history that's along with it. And if you don't know the history, then you should do our next steps classes that are coming up very soon, okay, where we go over the history. But basically, Pastor Chelsea and I got a call from a church, a pastor friend of ours here that was retiring. He said, hey, how's, uh, well, Pastor Robert got the call, and he, they said, how does High Praise Crestview sound? We all prayed about it, and upon numerous prophetic confirmations, we launched High Praise Crestview in September of 2020. We know that it was divinely orchestrated by the Lord, because when I tell you if I were to go into all the details which I don't have time to this morning if I were to go into every single detail of that story there is no explaining a way that God called us here and wanted high praise Crestview in Crestview for such a time as this there is no explaining it away you cannot I promise you no matter how many different ways you tried to explain it away I would have a sub argument for you showing you no look God spoke this and then God spoke that and then God did this and God opened that you can't tell me that he did not call us here that's why I firmly believe that we are called to crest you for such a time as this that God ordained high praise for this place as a beacon of life hope love power grace challenge and change for crest you amen? amen and we believe that everything that's been declared over our church body will come to pass we believe that everything that has been spoken he who has spoken over us that he will be faithful to complete it amen and listen to me, you have a part to play in that. You have a part to play in that com completion because we need you, listen to me, we need you to be who we are. And I don't mean I need you to change into who I am. I mean we as a church cannot be who we are without you. We have to have people in the church in order to be a, a, a successful church. In order to be a church, when I say successful church, I don't mean that in the business term, so please don't misunderstand me this morning. I mean that in a fruitful church, in a church that really ministers to the needs of our community. We can't do it with just two people. We can't do it with just five people. I don't believe we can do it with just 15 people. I believe that it's going to take a people. Listen, Crestview, Crestview uh, I, I believe the population is like 28,000 some odd hundred i looked it up the other day and i don't remember off the top of my head but crestview's pretty big for for the for the amount of actual miles mass that crestview is it has a large population and that does not include the people that live in greater i mean that live outside of crestview but actually live if you know what i mean their day-to-day -day life is in greater crestview it's in the actual city confines uh, uh and so so I say that to say it's going to take a lot more than just 10 people in this church. Do I believe that God can do it? Sure, I believe he can, but I don't believe that's what he's called for us. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't believe God's called us to be a tiny church. I don't believe that God's called us to be just a real small church forever. I believe that God... I'm trying to find the way to say this because I don't want you to get away, get, leave with the wrong connotation or the, the wrong thought, but I do believe that God... There's a reason that God spoke, get ready for growth to me back in December of last year. Those exact words. It wasn't because he was like, you know, get ready for growth. You're going to have 
instead of this amount of people. I believe it was a multiplication of people, which, by the way, we have seen drastically since the beginning of this year. But as I talked about last week, for those of you who weren't here, I'm going to remind you this. Our goal is not numerical growth. Our goal is personal growth, which, by the way, when personal growth happens, it equals, I'll show you in just a minute, it equals numerical growth. When true personal growth in the things of the Lord happen, it will equal more people. And I'll tell you that, I'll bring that to you greater light in just a few minutes. But you have a part to play in who we are called to be as a church. And I think like today, we're, you know, there's a lot of us who are in our college team gear and uh, we're repping our teams and so on and so forth. And like I said a moment ago, you, but in order to have a heart for the house, you've got to know what the heart is about. And when, if, if anybody follows college football off seasons, which is probably a lower percent of the ones that actually watch college football, but if anybody follows off-season college football, and this, can, this doesn't go as much for pro because it's really the other side, but with college, college football players, they begin to pick where they're going to go. So they have a signing day, and they have, other, they have teams that are scouting them, and then they'll offer them scholarships, and then the, the, the athlete, the high school athlete, has what they would call signing day, and he chooses which one he's going to do. You know what he does in the midst, the athlete does in the midst before signing day and leading up to signing day? He does this. He goes and visits the places where he's going to play at, and he has conversations with the head coach and the departments of of whatever area that he's going to be playing in. He wants to know about all the different things so that he can make the proper decision for him uh, as an athlete of which school to go to so that he can further or grow in what he's going to do in his athletic position. And I believe the same thing goes for us as a church. I've said it, and you've said it, and we have said it numerous times. We've said numerous times that there is a church for everybody in this city. I believe it. We're not the only church. And I don't want to be the only church because we will never be able to accommodate 28,000 people. And I'm going to be honest with you, I probably could not pastor 28,000 people, okay? That's, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. But listen, that it, whenever you're looking for a local church, that's what you, you want to know about the heart of the church so that you can have a heart for that house. And I kind of want to tell you just a little bit real quickly about what our heart is here at High Praise. For any of you, whether you've been here since the beginning or you've just come in the last couple weeks, I believe it's good to be reminded about what the heart of this house is. Amen? So don't turn a, 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 you know, a deaf ear to maybe something that you have heard before. Be reminded about this is who we are. This is what we're doing. This is what we're called to do. Our vision statement at High Praise is this. And every, I'm just going to say this, every single person that attends this church needs to know the vision statement. The Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. And listen to me, I want to have a vision complete, known. That's why we have it out there when you're walking out, and it says equip, build further. It's a short version of what our vision statement is, which is this, equipping believers, building families, and furthering the kingdom of God. That's what we want to do at High Praise. We want to equip believers, build families, and further the kingdom of God. We are a church that believes when you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are saved, and the transformative power of the Holy Spirit begins to change you as you grow in a relationship with Him. We are a church that honors and remembers and believes in the gathering and community. Because listen to me, we need each other. Community is a place where unity is common. I'm going to bring that. Think about the word community, common unity. So community is a place where unity is common. In this house, unity will always be common. You want to know why unity will always be common? Because we will always fight against the spirit of division. 
I'm not passive when it comes to the spirit of division. I hate, I'm gonna be honest with you, there's like one thing that I hate in life, I feel like, and it is the spirit of division. I despise the spirit of division in all aspects and and representations of it, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's between you and your kids, whether it's between you and someone else in the church, whether it is in our city and people um, people are doing things that are very uh, wrong, that are creating uh, greater tears in the community. I am against all of it. And as long as high praise is here in Crestview, which I believe is going to be for a long, long, long time, listen to me, we will always always fight back against the spirit of division and things that try to come and break uh, 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 families apart. We want to be a place where we have true common unity. And if we can't unite on anything else, we can all unite on the simple fact that Jesus is Lord and we want to see people reached for Jesus. Amen. You can have your personal differences. You can have uh, your political differences. You can have all those things. But listen to me. Sometimes we just have to push those things to the side and put our eyes on Jesus and reach people for Jesus. Amen. We're a church that believes in and activates the power of praise. Psalm 8-2, God ordained praise because of our enemies to silence the foe and to still the avenger. Psalm 150 verse 6 gives you the command, if you will, that says, let everything that has breath do what? Praise the Lord. That means that you have breath in your lungs, then you have a reason to praise. Amen? We're a church that believes in having strong families, and strong families are built from strong marriages between a husband and wife and or strong parents, okay? So if you're a single household and you have children, listen, you can still have a strong family unit. Amen? But that's also one of the reasons why you're here is because God knows that you need people in your life to help you have a strong family, to help encourage you, to help hold your kids accountable with you, those close people that are real close into your life. You know what I mean. That's why God brought you here. But listen, if you're a married couple in this room, your husband and wife, which is what we believe in, listen to me. God wants you to have a strong marriage, an intentional marriage, a marriage that actually shows forth love. (laughs) A marriage that challenges and encourages each other. Huh? We believe that for you. That's what we want to see. We want to see children that are raised in the house of the Lord. That's why we're a church that believes in generations. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's why we honor the generations every week whenever they head to their classes. Is because we are honoring the children of this house. Because we believe so strongly in generations. We're a church that believes in giving. Luke 6.38. You can find Jesus commands us to give. Listen to me. Jesus gave so you ought to give. Okay, God, God gave of his son, Jesus. And so God gives and shows himself as a giver. Then Jesus gives his life for me and for you. And you know what happens? Jesus therefore shows us again that it's important to be a giver. All throughout the word of God, you can find the importance of being someone who is willing to give. So Jesus wants you to be a giver, so we will be a church that is full of givers. In Acts chapter 2, you can even see, and once the church is birthed, you can see that they begin to sell their belongings and give to others around them. That's the kind of church we want to be. We want to be people that are generous Givers to our community, amen. And I'm so thankful that we are a church that has practiced that, that we are a church that is doing that actively. We are constantly finding different ways to donate and to give to our community. And I'm thankful that we have a church that has that heart, and we will be a church that will be continuing to know, uh, known to have that heart here in our community. We're a church that believes in evangelizing. Evangelizing is important. You can find that in Acts chapter 2. 
that there's evangelism that takes place where the 3,000 people are saved and baptized. That's evangelism. Evangelism will be the fruit of those who are planted. We're a church that believes in outreach. Great Commission tells us to be those that outreach into our communities and lead people in the ways of the Lord. We're a church that believes in spiritual warfare and the power of prayer. Ephesians 6.12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, so on and so forth. You know the scripture. We're, we're, we're people, we understand that there is an enemy to shun, that there's a devil, there's demons, there's demonic principalities and powers. Now, we are a balanced church, though, which I probably should have added this. We are a balanced church, meaning this, everything that wiggles is not a demon. <laughs> well, everything that goes against what you think is not a demon. Everything that goes against your political belief, guess what? It's not a demon. It's just the world we live in. And some things are just a product and a byproduct of a fallen world that we live in. But there obviously is things, I'll be real honest with you, can I be real, real honest with you for, for a moment? Last night, I had spiritual warfare. I did, I woke up at 1 a.m., I almost woke up Pastor Chelsea, and I, I woke up, and I, I've never experienced anxiety attacks or panic attacks or anything like that in my life. But last night, I, there's no way that it was not some sort of anxiety attack at 1 a.m. in the morning. And I got up, and I went around the house, and I went and checked all the, you know, did the dad thing. I went around the house and checked all the windows and doors and relocked everything and made sure everything was all set. And I'm praying the whole time I'm doing it. And I go lay back down in bed, and I'm still fighting with this thing. But I begin, I, I just continued to pray. And you know what? I, I'm, not, I'm not a fearful person. I'm really not. Um, I'm not easily scared by things. I, I believe I have full faith in God. I was at one point in time, I had a season in my life that I, I, I fought with fear bad, where I couldn't sleep at night. I mean, sleepless nights for a year in the first year of Pastor Chelsea and I's marriage. And it really, it really hurt us in the beginning of our marriage. And I've never been, though, since then, since I was delivered from that, I've never really been a fearful person. But last night, there was a spiritual warfare that took place in my household, and I just began to pray. I believe that there is demonic principalities that try to distract you and take your eyes off of what God wants you to do. And I believe part of the reason the enemy tried to attack in the middle of the night last night was to try to make it a sleepless night so that I, couldn't, I wouldn't want to come to church, or I wouldn't want to come to minister, and all these different things. I believe these, that we really do wrestle, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places and listen i also believe this that we have power and we have authority over those things and whenever we speak a thing whenever we declare a thing whenever we begin to pray against things listen things have to shift in jesus name amen, amen. we believe that here we're a we're a church uh, says god didn't give us weapons to look at he gave you weapons to use he didn't give you an armor because he thought you were just going to put it on a shelf somewhere and look at it he told it tells you to put on the full armor of god you want to know why because there's spiritual warfare that happens in this place there's spiritual warfare that happens when you leave this place and you need to be fully armed with what you need to tear down strongholds amen we're a church that believes in healing restoration and freedom listen healing is part of the covenant we have with jesus and that covenant is more than just your body it's your mind too it's the things in your mind your thoughts we believe in healing restoration and freedom we're a church that believes in the gifts of the spirit manifesting which means this the gift of miracles gifts of healing prophecy word of knowledge word of wisdom we believe in these things here at high praise it's part of our heart and if you want to be part of this house and you need to get a heart for these things as well you need to join in with us on these things so that we can continue to do what god wants us to do we're a church that believes in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, evidence, and speaking in other tongues. In other words, a heaven, heavenly language. We believe that that is available for anyone who is saved. 
It's when I preach the message on it, you can go back to the podcast and find it that really breaks down that a little bit further. And I don't have time to go into that this morning, but we believe that everyone has the opportunity to receive. And if you believe in Jesus and you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, we believe that every single believer has the opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit evidence of speaking in your heavenly language, and it's a powerful tool that God has given to us. We're a church that stands for unity among all races. Listen to me. There must be unity in the church before we can see unity in the streets. Or we can say this, there's got to be unity in the seats before we see it in the streets. We will not see unity in this world until the church begins to unify the way that it, and example unity the way that it needs to. We're a church that believes in compassion, mercy, and grace. We're a church that believes in more than a social gathering, but rather lives as a community. We're a church that is marked by the power of God. We're a church that is marked by the fire of God. We're a church that makes room for the moving of the Holy Spirit. We've switched to two services, but we will still always make room for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. It does not make sense. It does not make sense to have church without being open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. You are not practicing the early church if you're not willing to move in the things of the Holy Spirit. How was the church birthed? The church was birthed in a moment of wind and fire where Holy Spirit swept into a place and then therefore the church was born in that moment. So for us to say, I have all the systems and things that I need in here and Holy Spirit, we don't need you. We are, be- we are becoming a business, not a church. Some people won't like that. But listen, we have to be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And we'll be a church that is that. We're not hiding that which birthed the church. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit moving. We're a church that believes the love of God is for everyone, not certain people. It is for everyone and we are that church that's who we are we are that church that is who we are as for high praise though we will build on the rock we will build on jesus christ i believe uh that every church has its purpose but we know ours and we're going to be who we are called to be and we're not going to apologize for who god's called us to be we're going to build on those things and as we build on the rock the bible gives us this promise that the gates of hell will not prevail the gates of hell will not prevail the words may come they won't prevail though people may try to say things they won't prevail though the enemy may try to raise its ugly head he will not prevail because we are building on the correct foundation we are building on an unshakable foundation amen and you know what listen to me but as for our church, we will not just be people who hear the word. We will be people who do the word. Amen. I said that a minute ago where I said, it's one, we're not just going to say this is who we are. We're going to do this is who we are. And James actually talks about this. He says, um, those that hear the word but don't do it are like those that observe themselves in a mirror but then turn around and forget who they are. And listen to me. Because we know who we are, I don't try to be someone else. 
Many of us, we like to try to be someone else even in our own life. You know what I'm talking about? We look at social media influencers and people like that, and we try to imitate and be who they are and do all that. You know what? The sad thing is a lot of people in church, especially churches, have fallen into that same trap now. Because guess what? As a pastor, I get a lot of social media church influencers that are like, this is how you grow your church in 2.8 seconds. This is how you go from 20 to 2,000. This is how you should dress. This is how you should talk. This is how you should act. These are the systems that you definitely have to have. These are the systems that you want to stay away from. And listen, we are not against systems. We have systems, and we believe it's important to have systems in order to help and build your local church because there has to be a, there has to be a foundation to hold the things that God wants to do. There has to be a manifestation, and there has to be a, a preparation for the manifestation of what God wants to bring. And a lot of that comes in the ways of systems. But listen to me. I'm not going to try to be another church. I love LifePoint. I love what they're doing over there. Guess what? I'm, we're not going to be LifePoint. Not because life point's bad or not doing it right, because that's not who we are. Now, I could say that with any church in this city. We're not going to be any other church. We're not going to be any other church outside the city. You know what? I'm, I don't want to try to emulate Elevation. I don't want to try to emulate Transformation Church. I don't want to try to emulate Rhema uh, Church uh, in Tulsa. I don't want to try to emulate Victory Church. I want to be high praise because high praise has an assignment. And we need to fulfill our assignment. Listen to me. Imitating someone else just provides a moment of forgetting who you are. It is literally an identity crisis. And there are so many churches that are going through identity crisis. And you want to know why? It's because they didn't... mm, there's, there's not a proper building with the things of Holy Spirit. And if you don't build with what birthed the church, you will always have identity crisis because you don't know, you don't know who's supposed to be at the core of your church. And that's why, and I, listen, I'm not throwing shade at anybody this morning, please, miss, and there's no condemnation, but what I am saying is we have studied the Word of God, and we believe this is the way that we should build our church, and this is how we are going to build our church. This is the foundation of who we are. This is the heart of who we are, and we aren't going to try to be somebody that we are not. I believe our church has an assignment in this city, and I'm going to tell you what, I believe three of the things of our assignment of our, uh, to break off of this city is this. Number one is the spirit of poverty. I believe that we are here to, build, to break off the spirit of poverty. Spirit of poverty means that we will never have enough. And you know what? In my three years of being in Crestview, and if you've ever been on Crestview Word of Mouth, you hear a lot about this little old town will never have enough. They'll never get their act together. They'll never do anything right. We'll never see the proper growth it needs to be because of this, that, and that. Or we have people holding on to small town mentality that want to, and listen, I'm not saying I want to become Orlando or anything like that. But what I am saying is I believe that there's greater identity that God has for Crestview. I believe there's greater things that have been prophesied over this region that we want to see come to pass and I'm going to be those that stand in the gap as an intercessor and say don't you talk about my city that way we're going to pray over our city we're going to bless our city we're going to bless the people of our city and we're going to see the spirit of poverty broken off of people's minds and hearts the next thing I think I believe that we are called to break down is the spirit of prejudice if there is spirit of prejudice and racism or any kind of prejudice within your heart listen you better rid yourself of it it will lead to a, your. I'm just gonna be honest. It'll it'll lead to to a problem in your future if you don't get rid of those things, because it's not of God. It's not a God. So we'll see. We want to see every spirit of prejudice, racism, any of those things broken off of people. 
And the third thing is this, the spirit of religion. Old mindset religion we want to see broken off of the city and the people of this city. This, it's always been done this way, so it has to be done this way until the good Lord comes back. No, there are things that we have gotten wrong over years that need some changing. I talked a little bit about it last week. We need a reconstruction or a renewal. There was deconstruction, and now we need a renewal. Renewal means to build things back better, and that's what we need. We need to build it back, but how do we do that? Through the Word of God. That's how we renew things. Now, that means this. I'm going to be somebody, and the people who stand in this pulpit are going to be people that, pre- that preach about how God still wants to bless you, mind, spirit, body, finance, all those things. That racism is wrong, and any other sort of prejudice towards someone because they're different than you is wrong. Listen, you can love people without agreeing with all their life choices. We're gonna, we will minister on breaking the cycle of religious, Americanized Christianity over years of old mindsets that we've picked up over years of church we will look at the word of god in these situations and preach so that freedom can come and we can see things broken in jesus name that's the church we are that is the heart of this house and listen to me we will continue to act on that identity because we cannot live in our identity if we don't act on our identity abram whenever his name was switched to abraham father of many nations (laughs) There was actions he had to do to be to live in the identity of the father of many nations. He couldn't continue to live like Abram anymore. He had to live as Abraham. We will not live as someone we are not. We will not live as the years have passed. We are going to live as high praise. We're going to be high praise. And that is who we are. Amen. I'm coming to a close. Stay with me. Some of you think all of this, you've heard all this, and you go, man, what does this have to do with me? Well, you can write this down. The nutrients your roots receive will affect the, the fruit you produce. Okay, let's say that again. The nutrients your roots receive when you plant somewhere will directly affect the fruit you produce. If you want to produce in your own marriage a healthy marriage, then you should probably find people to look to or places to plant yourself that have healthy, thriving marriages and talk about those things. You probably don't want to go find a church or find people that don't have that, that, have, that are constantly in new marriages because of infidelity on their part. Those are not the people you're probably going to want to go run to. You're going to want to find people that you want your fruit to emulate. And so this house, listen, when you look around at the things of this house, If that's the fruit you want produced in your life, I encourage you to plant your roots here deeper so that you can see that fruit produce. Amen? And I'm not just preaching this from, this is Pastor Micah. I'm preaching this from, this is years that I have experienced that I have seen personally in lives, in ministries. I've seen these things take place. So I encourage you, get planted. Now, I'm going to give you as we close this message, four things real quickly to show forth the heart of the house. Psalm 122.1 says this, I rejoiced with those who said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Or your scripture, your translation might say this, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. 
Listen, it's important to be happy and glad about the opportunity. It's a great privilege that we have in this great country because I do believe we live in a great country. Amen? I do believe that. Do I believe we have flaws? Absolutely. Do I, but do I believe it's still a great country? Yes. And we have the freedom to gather and, and minister and, and, and believe on Jesus in this country. Not every country has that. And so we should be grateful that we have that privilege and that honor. And so, that we, and so we should honor that privilege by actually gathering. But number one is this, the spirit of unity. So the spirit of unity, that's the number one way to show forth the heart of the house. Picture a college football team, diverse yet united for victory. Similarly, when we cultivate unity within God's house, growth becomes inevitable. 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, you can write that reference down for later, but it reminds us to be of one mind and one purpose. As our heart beats for one, as one for God's house, we create an environment where growth personally and corporately can flourish and the kingdom of God advances. Number two is this, sacrifice and service. We have to be willing to sacrifice and service, which means serve one another. And that's a winning combination. Because think about the sacrifices in college football or in football in general, sports uh, athletes may have to make. At times where they have to sacrifice or they have to serve their team, they may not get the ball every play. They may have to serve others. In that same vein, our commitment to God's house involves sacrificial service. 1 Peter 4, verses 10 through 11. I'm going to read it real quickly. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do as with the strength of God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Listen, when we give selflessly of our time, our talents, resources, anointings, giftings, and abilities, we pave the way for God's growth agenda. We pave the way by doing that, by serving one another. We pave a way for God to help grow. Listen, God can grow, help grow and cultivate a family because there's kids ministry available and you're helping serve in the kids ministry. So now that single mom that's been fighting or dealing with their kids all week or that single dad that's been dealing with their, or that family, that couple that's been dealing with their kids all week and they need that break and reprieve just to be uh, refreshed by the word of God, to be renewed by the word of God. Whenever you serve families back, you, listen to me, you aren't just serving children in the kids and nursery ministries, you're serving families when you're working back there and you're giving a place for them to grow and for the children to grow. But not only that, you're getting to grow. So your growth might hurt a little bit more because it might be a lot of patience you're having to grow within you. But listen, it's good to serve and sacrifice. Number three is this, endurance amidst challenges. We gotta endure. Sometimes if you wanna win and see growth, you're gonna have to push through adversities for victory. Our faith equips us to endure trials, fostering growth. Number four is this, we multiply the impact when we get a heart for the house. Basically, these three things, this is what it equals. It multiplies the impact. Envision, once again, a, a football team. They multiply their impact through st strategic plays and everyone doing its part of the play. I had the honor of getting to coach some flag football this past season, and I had to draw up my own plays and all these different things. And if anybody's ever done any sort of coaching, especially in football, um, there are in play in plays when you're drawing things up there are certain ways that people need to run 
And Javaris, you know what I'm talking about. Oftentimes, there, there's plays that you draw for certain ways because what it does is it draws the defense one way, but then you're going to take the ball the complete other way, and it's going to be upfield, and you got a touchdown quickly. And so there was plays that I drew up like that. And what that took is it took the whole team working together to multiply the impact of what, we, what the play was and what we wanted to do. In that same way, it takes our whole church body, every joint supplying, working together to multiply the impact of what God wants to do here in this house. Listen and write this down. A vibrant, passionate church becomes an irresistible invitation to others seeking the kingdom. Say that again, because a lot. A vibrant and passionate church, and I believe high praise is pretty vibrant and passionate. A vibrant, passionate church becomes an irresistible invitation to others that are seeking the kingdom. All these things, whenever we get a true heart for the house, it multiplies our impact because people are drawn to a house that's serving one another, that's helping one another, that's there for one another, that is unified with one another, that's enduring through tough seasons and struggles and situations, but still continues on and doesn't stop. Listen, people see that and they go, what do they have that I have not received yet? And it's gonna be, it's gonna be like an open door of opportunity for the lost to come get saved, for the broken marriages to come be healed, for those that need deliverance, to be delivered, that for those that need restoration, to be restored. Miss Trish, will you come play, please? Today, I just really want you to get a heart for the house on these things, on these topics that we shared on this morning. And I believe that as we do that, man, may our hearts be ignited with a heart for the house, a knowing that our passion translates into growth, transformation, and kingdom advancement. Listen to me. There's things that God wants you to do. There's things that we want to do as a church that's going to take us all on one page getting a heart for the house so that we can see the fullness of what God wants to do here at High Praise. Will you stand up to your feet this morning? And we just lift your hands, Lord. I want to pray over you today, church. Father, I thank you for your people. I pray right now for every single person in this house. Lord, I thank you for a fresh passion for the things of the Lord. I thank you for a fresh passion for this house, for high praise and what you want to do, God. Lord, stir that up within us. Even as your word says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house, Lord. Let us be those that don't forsake the assembling of, uh, of, of the believers. But Lord, let us be those that honor that and that come together so that we can be part of something bigger than ourselves, so that we can further the kingdom, so we can equip believers, build families, and further the kingdom of God, so that we can do everything everything that you have for us, God. So Lord, we thank you that as we see corporate advancement, we see personal advancement. As we see personal growth, we see corporate growth because Lord, we want to see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we give you praise, honor, and glory for it. We thank you for what you've done, you're doing, and you're going to do. In Jesus' name, if you believe, will you have got a hand clap of praise in this room today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.